Welcome to the Becoming One podcast, where as the church, we learn to pursue peace in a divided world. Here is your host, Pastor Sean Wilson. Hey, I hope everybody's doing okay today. Thank you for stopping in on the Becoming One podcast. Hey, guess what we're going to talk about today? We're going to discuss whether it's flesh or it's a demon. And this topic kind of came up because, uh, of course, just talking about it, I just tell you a little bit about where it comes from. Um, I have I have witnessed people that go around and they, they call everything a demon. Um, this is a demon. That's a demon or this person has a demon and so forth and so on. And it really it really becomes a hindrance to the body of Christ after a while, because you hear people call out demons and, and say that this person has I'm, I'm, I'm just saying what I hear. This person has a lust demon uh, or this person has this type of demon or um, a greedy demon or this person has this one. And then now they make this whole um, point to try to cast this demon out of you. Um, the demon of laziness, the demon of of uh, lust and greed and all of these different things. They, they say all of these things are demonic which that's not necessarily true. And what I want to share with you this evening is something that I think will enlighten you, encourage you, and also empower you to mortify the deeds of your flesh. Because there's a difference between flesh and there's a difference between flesh and a demon. Flesh is not a demon. Amen. And tonight, this message is for believers. Is for those that call themselves followers of Jesus Christ. That's what this message is for. So if you're coming from a different perspective, uh, thank you. But this is not what this message is about. It's not about anything other than instructions to those who call themselves followers of Christ. So I wanted to share this this evening. And um, there's quite a few things that I want to kind of point out first. Of course, I'm going to share the scriptures. Let me pull this up so that we can see this. I will be using the ESV this evening, um, but I want us to kind of take a look at this because I think it's, it's something that will show us the truth behind the question that I'm laying before you. Um, is it flesh or is it a demon? How do we know? Okay, let's, let's just kind of look at some things here. Let's put things in perspective and build this foundation. All right, first of all, I want to kind of point at something over here in the book of James. And we're going to go to book of James, chapter 1, verse 13. And we have been kind of talking about this, excuse me. <coughs> excuse me. Now, what we have been talking about is in James, chapter 1, verse 13. And it says this, it says, let no one say when he is tempted, I am being tempted by God for God cannot be tempted with evil. And he himself tempts no one, but each person is tempted when he is lured or enticed by his own desires. So this is the key. The key is desires. Are these the desires of the flesh or are they the desires of the spirit? It, it doesn't say the desires of a demon. It's the desires of the spirit, right? Desires of the spirit and desires of the flesh. I'm going to show you this in Galatians. The desires of the spirit versus the desires of the flesh. This is the conflict. This is what we as believers go through. We go through this struggle. Our flesh wants to do a certain thing because this is the way that it is 
it has been constructed and, and, and even our experiences over time, we don't all desire the same things. We have different desires, amen, based off our experiences in our life. All right, let's look at this. So those desires, a person is lured by his desires. That means that me personally, I cannot be lured by a desire of, let me just, I'm just going to say smoking cigarettes or um, things along that line. But if it comes to my health and my food or things like that, maybe I can be enticed to do things that may lead me to to um, harm myself in that way with those those vices. Everybody has a desire in their flesh to do a specific thing. Um, and a lot of times we like to qualify our desires and make them clean. But I will tell you something that anything that we put before God or over God can be considered to be an evil desire. Amen. It can be considered to be an evil desire. So let's just look at this verse 15. It says this, then desire when it is conceived gives birth to sin and sin when it is fully grown brings forth death. How do I know this is true over in the book of, uh, here, let me go over to, um, I'm gonna go to Romans first. Cause I want to kind of point out this cause that's what Paul just said. I mean, Paul mentioned that in, uh, previous text or James did about it, how it starts out with an enticement. It starts out with the bait and it's up to us whether we're going to purchase or we're going to buy bite off of it or not. That that's up to us personally. So it doesn't necessarily mean because we have been tempted that that's bad because we know that the Lord himself was tempted, but yet he didn't sin. So as long as we don't, as long as we don't, um, we're not led away by that temptation. As long as we don't bite the bait and take the bait, we are okay. So at that time we are casting down, you know, anything that is all itself against the knowledge of God. And also when we do that, when we reject the, the, the temptation or the enticement or the lure, when we do that, what we're really doing is we're submitting ourselves to God. And at that time we're resisting the devil. We're resisting the devil because he brings it, but he's not in us. He brings it and he tries to say, take this, take this. And in, and in most people, if they're weak, they will take it. They will succumb to it. Amen. Whatever that weakness is of their flesh and the enemy will come to you in that manner. So you must protect yourself in those areas where you need to know where your weakness are. What, what are your desires that always lead you astray? You find yourself always getting caught up in. That's the key. You got to look at those types of things in your life. So let's go over here to um, where it says here in verse nine. I like to read this first because we need to understand this first that it says you, however, are not in the flesh. You are in the spirit. If in fact, the spirit of God dwells in you, Anyone who does not have the spirit of Christ does not belong to him. But if Christ is in you, although the body is dead because of sin, the spirit is alive because of righteousness. If the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he will. He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through the spirit which dwells in you. Now, if we continue to go on. We'll see something else that Paul brings up. He starts to talk about the flesh and he starts to talk about living according to the flesh. He says that we are not debtors, not to, to the flesh, 
to live according to the flesh. So we shouldn't be living according to the flesh. What does that mean? Live according to the flesh, walking in the ways of the flesh to gratify the flesh, um, to fulfill the desires of the flesh. Verse 13, for if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if you live according to the spirit, you will put to death the deeds of the body and you will live. So this is talking about the deeds of the body. So when we feed our, our desires, we're fulfilling the deeds of the body. When we, when we reject it, we're mortifying or killing the, the, the putting to death, the deeds of the body. When we reject it, when we don't give it what it wants. So this is the same thing that was mentioned in the book of James, where he says that it leads to death. Same thing that Paul mentioned. He mentioned the same thing here that if we live according to the spirit, we will live. If we live according to the, to the flesh, we will do what? We will die. So we, we must understand what does this mean? I cannot live according to the flesh because it might just kill me. My desires, the desires of the flesh may lead me down a road of destruction or it will lead me down a road of destruction eventually. Amen. It's not going to be fulfilling. It's not going to be, it's not the promise of God. I'm going to quickly move over here real quick. I want to show you this in, in, um, hold on. In Galatians, I'm going to point to this as well. Galatians chapter five. And as we look at this in verse 16, he says, but I say, walk in the spirit, walk in the spirit and you will not gratify the desires. Desires and lust are, are that's, that's the way that it's translated. Desires and lust are the same. All right. So when we talk about lust, lust does not always mean sex. Lust means desires. What is the desire of your flesh? What is your lust? Everyone has a lust. And we're supposed to be putting to death that lust or that desire so that we do not or or ignore that desire so that we do not bite the bait. And we are enticed by that desire, what our body wants. We got to constantly put it to, to death. We can't play with this thing. We cannot play with this thing. We got to put it to death. And then it says in verse 17, for the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. They're against the spirit and the desires of the spirit is against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. I remember Paul said something that was along the same lines in the book of of Romans chapter seven, the things that I want to do, I don't do the things that I don't want to do that. What I, that's what I find myself doing. So he's talking about that, that, that struggle and that fight between the flesh, the desires of the flesh versus the spirit of God, which dwells in us. Amen. So that's the, that's the, that's the factor there. When we see this as it's being communicated, this is the real fight for us. So then he goes on to say, what are these, what is this this flesh what is what is in this flesh that is happening right so he says that the spirit against the flesh is opposed one another to keep you from doing what you want to do verse 18 but if you are led by the spirit you are not under the law now the works of the flesh now what are the works of the flesh this is what i want to talk about see this is not a demon it is the works of the flesh because the person is enticed because of his desires. He bites the bait of Satan. The bait of Satan will attack him at a point of sexual immorality, will in sexual in impurities, in sensualities that, that the enemy will bring forth things that will present to you adultery. 
So it can be money, it can be riches, it can be wealth, it can be position, it can be jobs, it can be all kinds of different things. Sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy. All of these are works of the flesh. It's not demonic. It's not a de it's not a jealous spirit. It's not a jealous, it's not jealous um sorcery or idolatry. This is works of the flesh. But people who are enticed by these things, it's because of their desires in their flesh for a certain thing. I can give you proof in the text where it tells us as as pastors and not to when we look at um, people who are in positions of that desires positions of leadership. It says that a novice, we need to be careful not to lay hands on anyone suddenly. Right. And it talks about a novice specifically that he may be lifted up with pride. Well, what is that? When we talk about lifted up with pride, when we're talking about a work of the flesh, that's not a spirit. It's a work of the flesh. Why? Because this is the same thing where Jesus, when he was um, being tempted in the garden or not being tempted in the wilderness. Amen. He was tempted in the wilderness. And as he was tempted in the wilderness, the enemy, the devil at that time tried to entice him. He didn't enter him. He tried to entice him and lure him into taking the bait of the glory of the the world because that's what satan offered him i'll give you the glory of all of these things he says no nope i don't want that because he knew his glory it was going to come another way so he wasn't he wasn't phased by it he was tempted but he was he did not bite on it he waited amen so this is what we need to understand as as believers that's what the enemy does he entices he tries to lure. He can't come in, but he can disrupt. He can deceive. Amen. That's what he does. And he uses those that are unbelievers to he can enter into them and use them for the purposes of his will. L look at this. Continue. It says strife, jealousy, fits of anger. All of these are things of the flesh. Why? Because the, the Bible tells us, be ye angry, but do not sin. But here, fits of anger obviously has elevated to the work of, of sin in the flesh. So rival, rival, um, rivalry, rivalries, um, we're talking about fighting. We're talking about dissension and divisions and envy and drunkenness. All of these are things that if, if where a person is enticed, these are the things that can destroy you orgies and and um orgies and um and things like these these are all he says i warn you as i warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of god so these things are the when we talk about the works of the flesh these things will prevent you from experiencing the kingdom of god even in this life Amen. It'll lead you down an entirely different path. So those that are believers, they won't even practice these things. But will believers have these things in their life? Yes, they will. Because I want to show you that we all have these desires. But I want to show you something else here over in first Corinthians chapter three, just to kind of bring this in perspective. This is Paul talking to believers. He says, but I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of flesh, as infants in Christ. This is what he called them, infants in Christ. He says, I fed you with milk, not with solid food, for you were not ready for it. And, uh, and even now you are not ready, for you are still 
of the flesh. So when he's saying they were still of the flesh, he didn't say they were still in the flesh. He said they were still of the flesh. That means that they were still living according to the flesh. Now, this whole process of us being born again, there's a process of being conformed to the image of Christ as we walk with him. Walking with him means walking with him in his ways, not walking with him in our ways. Amen. We can't keep up with Christ if we carry all our bags of the things that we want to do in this life. That's, it is not going to happen. Amen. We're going to stop or we're going to go a different direction. But he says, you're still of the flesh. You're still of the flesh. He says, for a while there is jealousy and strife among you. Now, I told you, we just looked in Galatians 5, where it said that the works of the flesh, jealousy was listed there. Here it is. They are working they are working of the flesh, but he did not call them unbelievers. He called them infants and babes in Christ who are still living according to the world. But they need to start to make this decision and tap into the power that the Lord has given them to put to death the deeds of the flesh. Amen. We have to understand what this means so we can do what God is called to do in this hour. So he says jealousy and strife among you. So when there's jealousy and strife among you, that means that that's the operations of the flesh. We see more people in the body of Christ who are operating and living according to the flesh than we do see people being um, attacked by demons in that sense, where we see actually manifestation of demons in, in a assembly or in places. We see more people that live according to the flesh. I'll tell you one of these other things, a fleshly message that I hear a lot that people don't even understand and know that this is what they're doing when they talk about the haters, the haters being the motivators and all that other stuff. I'm telling you, that stuff is from, that's not the Lord because that puts a brother against another brother. It elevates one brother above another. And that's not what the Lord wants us to do. And he continues to go on and say that here. Paul does as he looks at this chapter, Let's look at this. He said, jealous and strife and, uh, is, is you, you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way. So he says, you're not even acting spiritual. You're not, you're not living spiritually. He says, for when one says, I follow Paul and, and another, I follow Apollos, you are, are not being merely human. So he basically, he's saying, when you put your, you talking about who you following, this is the this is what he says. People were saying, I follow this person and I follow this person. And they was putting these on. He says, Y'all act human. Y'all act like y'all are not spiritual. You act like you're not members of one another. Do you not know that this stuff, it doesn't matter who it is that's sharing the message with you? The message is the Lord's. So he goes on to say that what then is a what then is Apollos? What what is Paul? Servants through whom you believed? As the Lord designed, uh, assigned to each, I plant Apollo's water, but God give the increase. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything, but only God who gives the growth. So when we see this, we understand that he's talking about quit acting like your pastor better than somebody else's pastor. See, when we say things like that, this is what the works of the flesh is. That's a human way to look at things. And the, a lot of the mainstream church, they say these things and they don't even understand it's worldly and it causes division for those that know the truth. For those that are in the flesh, 
they love they love it. They love that thing because they feel like they're separate from even their own believers. This is why that I, I love my church. Uh, what about loving the church? What about loving every believer? That's what we should be doing. We should be sending that message out across the airways so everybody knows that we are one. Jesus prayed this. He prayed for this. And he said this in John chapter 17, that we will become one. But no, everybody want to be the one. They want to be number one. They want to be above somebody else. They want to be more relevant than the next person. But this is not what the Lord has called us to do. So is it a flesh or is it is it a demon? It's the flesh. It is the flesh. Amen. I had another um, verse up here I wanted to show you because when we talk about those teachers, this is what Peter was talking about with false teachers. Listen to what he's saying here. This is just um, he gives us so many warnings. Hold on. Let me make sure I got the right verse because I want to I want to read this here. Um, he said they account their pleasures to um, <laughs> reveal in, in time. They are blots and blemishes reveling in their deception while they feast with you. He's talking about the false teachers and the false prophets. He said they have eyes full of adultery. What is that talking about? The desire. That's their that's how that's their desire. Their desires is full of adultery. When we talk about that being full and complete, full of adultery. Um insatiable for sin. For in they they entice unsteady souls. Well, who did we see that enticed anybody with anything that I read so far? It was the enemy. The enemy entices people. That's that's a manipulation to get people to do something. God doesn't manipulate his people to do anything. He doesn't manipulate his people to do anything. So when we see this, the enticement, un, unsteady souls, he enticed unsteady souls. That means that people who have not fully committed to following the word of God, they become more susceptible to being enticed with something that appeases their flesh as opposed to what satisfies their spirit and the soul man. Amen. So when we see this in, in the next verse, it says they have hearts trained in greed, the false prophet, the false teacher. This is all they talk about is money and greed and greed is just not money. Greed is just more than what you need of anything. So it can be food. It can be people. It can be church. I need to have more members. I need to have. We need to get everybody. This whole city by belong to us. Man, I'm telling you. OK, so they are cursed children. That's what he said. They are cursed children forsaking the right way. They have gone astray. They have followed the way of Balaam. They have followed the way of Balaam who loved the gain for wrongdoing who loved gain from wrongdoing so he got his stuff from doing the wrong thing and he loved it but he loved the gain he loved the game he didn't care how he got it just as long as he got it he got it that was Balaam he got it then we see it here he says that but was rebuked for his own transgression Amen. I'm, I'm going to stop there on that. But I wanted to just kind of point out the fact that that's what these false teachers are doing is they're trying to entice unsteady souls. Entice anyone, anyone that entices you to do anything or try to lure you with something, a, a false promise for something that's not the work of the spirit of God. 
because he doesn't have to entice his children. His children hear his voice and they follow him. We don't have to entice them because if you know him, you'll follow him. Amen. Amen. So the, the other thing I want to point out here quickly is, hello. Uh oh, uh oh, there it is. All right. Colossians. So I want to go over here to Colossians. I'm, I'm trying not to go through all of, all of this text and it's even more than this out there. But when we talk about, is it a demon or is it flesh? We got to know the difference demon or flesh here. He says, Paul in Colossians chapter three, put to death. Therefore, what is earthly in you? When he says earthly, he's talking about flesh. He's talking about the same thing. He said, what's earthly in you? What is he? How do I know he's talking about the same thing? Because listen to the examples. Sexual immorality. Does that sound the same as um, Galatians? Galatians? Galatians. Galatians chapter five. Sexual immorality. Impurity. Passion. Evil desires. Right? There are good desires too. But he said the evil desires. Um, the desires of the flesh and then the evil desires and covetedness, which is idolatry. So we heard all of these things in Galatians chapter five as the deeds and the works of the flesh. He said, put these things away, put them all away on account of these. The wrath of God is coming in these. You, too, once walked when you were living in them. But now you must put them all away. What does he tell us to put away? Anger. Amen. What is he telling us to put away? Wrath. He's telling us to put away malice, slander. Um, and, and let me back up a little bit. We have to back up a little bit. When it's saying to put away anger, he's not talking about the emotion of anger. Because I know he's not because the scripture already says you can be angry, be angry, but don't sin. Because that's an emotion. There's a difference. So when he's saying put away anger, he's talking about anger outbursts. He's talking about the acts of anger. He's not talking about the emotion of anger. So don't don't misinterpret that and disqualify what has been clearly stated that we need to. We can be angry, but just don't sin. So then he goes on to say wrath, malice, slander. You know, all of these things. Put this away. Put it away. Obscene talk from your mouth. We can't have the obscene talk from our mouth. We need to put all of that stuff away. Do not lie to one another, seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices. This is all practices of the old self and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of the creator. So we're being renewed in this knowledge as we learn the word of God. We're supposed to be following what the word of God says here. There here. There is not Greek or Jew or circumcised or uncircumcised or barbarian or um, sectarian and, and, and slave free. But Christ is all and in all. So put on then a good a God chose as just God's chosen one, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness 
humility. This is what he's telling us to do. If we're doing these things, we're fulfilling the law because this is a picture of what love looks like. It's compassion. It's holy. It's beloved. It's compassion. It's hearts. It's kindness. It's humility. It's meekness. It's patience. Being patient with one another It's bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving one another. This is what love looks like. He's given examples of what this love looks like. As the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love. And and look, this right here, I think all this is, is like I said, I think is an expression of love. Different expressions of love. Forgiving is an expression of love. So he says, put on, put on love. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. You see how he said love is what keeps everything together. It's what binds everything together to me. Like I said, I believe that love, these are expressions of love. It binds, it binds things together in perfect harmony and let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts to which indeed you were called in one body and be thankful let the word of christ dwell in you richly teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to god and whatever you do in word or deed do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God, the father through him. So father God, I thank you for the Lord Jesus. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your truth and knowing that there is a difference between the flesh and a demon. And we have not the power or the spirit of fear, but of power, love, in a sound mind, you have given us the power to mortify the deeds of our flesh, to walk according to the word. We don't have to subject ourselves to the desires of our flesh that will lead us down a path of destruction, but we will live according to your word so that you may be glorified, that our fruit may be remain so that people will know that the power of God is real, not to call us to do good deeds, but making us alive in Christ through faith by grace. And we're saved. Amen. So when we see and we believe and we understand these things, we can follow and be free. God is not forcing us. He's teaching and leading and guiding us into truth. So God bless you. Know that there's a difference between flesh and a demon and know that you have to mortify the deeds of your flesh. It is not the demon is not the devil. He's the one that entices. He's the one that tries to lure you off course. He's the ones that presents you the pretty girl. He's the one that presents you the big bottle. He's the one that presents you the shortcut. He's the one that presents you all of these other things. The, 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 the things that fulfill your pride, the, the car, the house, or the illegal ways of obtaining these things. Amen. He entices you with illegal activity. That's what he does. 
That's what he did to Jesus, and that's what he does to us who are for day. And I pray that God will really open up the eyes of those that hear and that they will hear the message that is being preached tonight. I just, that's my prayer. So God bless you and have a great afternoon, morning, evening, midnight. Amen. God bless. Thank you for joining us today on the Becoming One podcast. We request that you please like, share, and subscribe to our station, YouTube channel, and Facebook page. Remember, to pursue peace in a divided world, we, the church, must organize, neutralize, and evangelize. Let's become one.